When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Welcome back to the worst year ever, and I think we can all agree it truly is the worst year ever. My name is Katie Stoll. That's true. I've got a name. It's Cody. Last name is Johnston. Hello. <laughs> My name is Robert Evans, and I don't see why everyone's saying this is such a bad year. Now to take a single sip of coffee and check the news for the first time since December. <laughs> What? Robert, your uh, hands are all over your face. What are you doing? And uh, joining us today, we have a very special guest that we are lucky to have with us. And your name is? I am Kave Hoda. I am a doctor, a gastroenterologist, and hepatologist. Um, I'm the host or co-host of a medical podcast called The House of Pod. And I practice in the San Francisco Bay Area. Damn straight. Love the Bay Area. Represent. And uh, Kava, so I'm I'm interested, like right now it seems to me that you as like all sort of medical professionals in, in the Bay Area, like any kind of dense city in the U.S., um, like you're not all in ERs right now, but I think you're all kind of waiting to get called up. Like th- there's this there's this knowledge that once the number of infected hits a certain point, everybody with an MD is going to be front and center like dealing with the problem and it it seems to me like you're kind of standing on the shore waiting for a wave to hit yeah that's exactly how it feels it is a uh, stressful time because of the show i talk to a lot of people in the east coast new york um a lot of doctors in that area and i'm hearing about what's happening there and we're not at that point at least not yet but it's sort of a a waiting game at this point everyone is anxious all the doctors are scared 
you know, they're scared for their patients and what's going to happen to them. They're scared for what's to come, this wave you're talking about. They're scared for their families and themselves. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a strange time for, for doctors in this country. It's my friends who are in the ER, they go to work every day knowing that they're putting themselves at really high risk. Yeah. Same for ICU doctors, anesthesiologists, hospitalists, two doc families where there's like a two doctors mm-hmm. in a household. <clears throat> They're making sure that they have their wills in place. You know, my 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 doctor friends who've been saving that good whiskey up on the shelf, they they're drinking that whiskey they're not now. Saving it, yeah. They're not saving it anymore. It's it's scary. I mean, it's um doctors in general are a really risk adverse group. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why we went into medicine. It's kind of a linear thing. You don't have to think too much outside the box in most cases. And most of these people never had any idea that this is what was going to hit us. But I mean, to the credit of my colleagues, I mean, they're handling it amazingly. No one's talking about not going into work. No right. one's talking about not going. I talked to ER doctors, ICU doctors in New York. I spent a lot of time on the phone the last couple of days with them. And they're exhausted. They're terrified. They're planning to make decisions that no doctor should ever have to make. And they're doing it with, I don't know, amazing. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm inspired by, by my colleagues right now. Yeah, my brother. Yeah. My brother's a, a doctor in Dallas, and he's uh, he's in his residency, and he's working in the ICU. And doctors are calling out there. He was telling me, and so he's having to to work more shifts for them. So that because they're sick, or because they just don't want to go in. Because they are either I, not that they don't want to come in. It's just that they 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 have one symptom or have been around somebody and are worried yeah. about sh- spreading symptoms, and so right things like that. Yeah, no, that's 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 um that's that's something we're really worried about. Like, um, if a group of doctors, if one of them gets sick, they're in really close contact with each other. Uh, what's going to happen to that group of doctors when they go down? And that's something that they're dealing with now in Seattle, New York. We thankfully, knock on wood, haven't experienced too much of that yet here in the Bay Area. But that is something that all the hospitals are sort of planning around and trying to figure out. Yeah, for sure. And it strikes me that as this as this gets as bad as I think it's now going to get, um, I don't have a lot of faith that the 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 curve is going to flatten in the immediate future, um, especially in places like New York, which seems like it's already gearing up for something um, very difficult to imagine right now. Uh, what? How do you take care mentally of doctors and nurses and even people like you know, you know uh, janitorial staff at hospitals, the people who are going to be ground level with like overflowing wards and people uh, dying in larger numbers than they're used to, and like this, the days and day like 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 shifts that are much longer and much more like emotionally taxing than normal. Like, how do you how do you take care of our first responders through this? Yeah, that's a that's a fucking great question. Oh, wait, I can cuss here, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a fucking great question. Um, it, and it's not actually you don't have to imagine it too much. It's it's not like it's just happening in Italy and Iran now. New York is is awful. It's terrifying the things that are happening in New York. I mean, it's there's they're intubating so many people on a daily basis, so many people on vents. They're having to make decisions like how do we get two patients on one ventilator. Do we have enough morphine to sedate this patient comfortably while they're on the ventilator? There's, there's going to be tremendous stress on, and I'm glad you mentioned it, not just the doctors, but the supporting staff that are there too. 
it's gonna there's gonna be some level of PTSD that comes from this for our, these doctors in the ER and the ICU in particular. I, I don't I don't know if that, there's any way around that. And you know we haven't we discussed this on our show quite a bit. It was one of the main reasons we started the show at baseline before all this started. There was a lot of talk about moral, uh, about the morale of, of medicine going way down, and there being a lot of stress on doctors and a lot of burnout. That's been a major factor from before this was an issue. So, it's going to be an issue. I mean, I work in a in a system that's pretty good, takes a good job, takes care of its of its staff as well as it can. But uh, everywhere is going to feel it. Every doctor is going to feel it. And it's going to be something that we'll deal with. But at, right now, every doctor I know is sort of like one crisis at a time. We'll deal with that later. What is it that we can do like right now in the immediate term to reduce the amount of, of stress and trauma that, that y'all at the kind of bleeding edge of this, uh, this fight have to endure? Like, what, did, what, is, what can we do to make this suck as little as possible for you guys. <laughs> you get, well, uh, you guys, first of all, the show is great. I love the show, guys. So, I mean, Thank you know, you. I listen to it all the time and I, it, it helps me. So that that's one thing. You guys are already sort of doing that. But for the general population that doesn't have a show about politics with a bunch of funny people on it, <laughs> you can stay home so you don't get sick or don't spread it. I mean, again, yeah. this talk of flattening the curve, it's not, it, we're not saying that we're not going to have lots of people get sick in this country. We're not saying that there's not going to be a lot of deaths. All we're saying is give our medical system time to deal with it. Right. And let's not overwhelm it. And if, if, if people can do that, staying at home, if they can, if they can try and just help slow the rate of this thing, mm-hmm. that's, that's the most that we can ask for really. Yeah. It's hard. So, I mean, I, I have uh, several I, I, I prefaced before we started recording, I, I mentioned that I have several questions that might seem uh, silly or dumb, but a lot of us just don't know the answer to them. Uh, and and maybe I'll just pepper them in throughout, but that kind of leads me to one of them. So like, at least here in LA, we've been social distancing, self-quarantining for I think two weeks now, pretty much. Um, and that isn't to say that people aren't going out to stop, go to the grocery store, but minimizing uh, their social interactions as much as they can. And, you know, at first we were told you can go outside and make use of the hiking trails or, you know, be outdoors. And, and then that proved to be problematic over the weekend when everybody was out. But there is this question of, say, if two friends met up in a neighborhood and walked six feet apart, is a social distance walk a very irresponsible thing to do or not? There's a lot of people. So that's a, you know, that's a, a, a silly question that I feel, I feel silly asking it, but you know. No, that's a really good question because it's a really hard okay, one to you. answer. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, the, the more people stay in, the better. Yeah. That's sort of, it's right now. It, I would say the same thing I tell my patients about alcohol, which is as a doctor, at this point, if you look at all these studies, the meta-analyses, there is no safe amount of alcohol, right? Like, you know, there's any amount you take is probably not great. But that being said, if you were to do it in moderation, if you were to be safe about it, if you were to be reasonable about it, I think it's totally okay. Right. So the problem is, like, these hikes, they're like small trails. It's hard to, mm-hmm. like, pass people but at six feet distance. And people really will fall into a false sense of security. Right. So – you know, going for a walk around the neighborhood, I don't think 
anyone will uh, begrudge you that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like so many people, a very real fallout from this is the emotional turmoil that we're and stress and anxiety that a lot of us are feeling cooped up and without any interaction. And I'm grateful for Skype. I'm grateful for Zoom and, and all these different apps, but it's very different uh, than actually breathing, like being outside or interacting with people in the real world. Um, you know, and, and, I think that that's very true. A trail is one thing, uh, but if you can, if you have an empty neighborhood and you're walking on either side of the street, maybe that's a good way to do it. Um, and the uh, another question that I've seen circulating: Okay, so we still have takeout open, and and restaurants. And Cody, I know this is one that you've struggled with. We've talked about it several times. Is that a responsible thing for us to continue to do during this period? I want to support the businesses that are mm-hmm. struggling right now. I also want to do my part to flatten the curve. Yeah, um, that's another good question. And it's one I sort of grapple with, too, because I am so yeah. tired of eating my own cooking. <laughs> yeah. I would I would I really I mean, living in San Francisco. One of the reasons I'm here is because I love to eat. Somehow, yeah. even with the anxiety of this whole thing, I have not lost weight. So, like, oh, no. I, I want to. Oh no, I'm to... packing it on. Yeah, right. no, nobody has. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> Hang like, on to I, that weight. Yeah. It's like I, I, I do not crave uh, real food. I'm craving donuts and ice cream and <laughs> and there yes. is no reasoning with my cravings. <laughs> the 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 thing I am craving the most is like the kind of meals I I would eat in the Middle East where everybody sits around a table with their hands and like dip <laughs> stuff and like just Oh, you yeah. you're craving germs. I I'm right. cra- I'm craving that communal <laughs> feeling, but yes, I'm 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 thirsty for germs. As as a Middle Eastern answer. person, as a Middle Eastern person, I can tell you, I miss Middle Eastern food a ton. Oh my god! I can't god. make it yeah. that well, but I I'm never into that communal eating thing. That's never been my bag. Because <laughs> so, you're a doctor. Um, but I'm I'm with you on the Middle Eastern food. So um, it, but I I get your your question. Um, I do think it's okay to do it in to some degree. Again, it's probably some risk, but you can really mitigate that risk. Um, mm-hmm. what I would recommend. If you're going to get takeout or you have it delivered, mm-hmm. you have them deliver it, leave it at the door. Most places will do that now. And then I would transfer the, the food to something clean. And this is sort of sterile method stuff that I think everyone has the time to learn now. Mm-hmm. You have time. You should sort of learn about it. You should have a dirty space and a clean space. And you sort of keep that food, put the food into a clean container, throw away everything that came with it. And try not to track any of that inside if you can. Mm-hmm. If you do, remember, clean space, dirty space. Then when you're done, you're throwing away everything that came with it, all the boxes, all the bags. Clean the area that you rested that on the counter. And and then maybe if you want to be extra careful, pop the food into the microwave for a little bit. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and, and to some degree, by the way, I'm a little, I'm a little OCD, but this no, is great. a good time this, for me. I mean, it's my the, time to shine. This is exactly what I did when I got takeout yeah. recently, and I thought I was being overly cautious and very paranoid. No, so and thank you. you <laughs> and like, there's a world where maybe you are, but then you're, but it's yeah, not well, because you're, you're just making sure that you're not on the off chance bringing something into your right. home. Well, and, you know, there was there was a graffiti I saw in a bathroom in Berkeley once a long time ago, and it said, "Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you." And yeah. that's sort of been my life's <laughs> that's motto. That's me. And this is there you go. This is a good time to be a little extra cautious. 
And I want to encourage people if they need to do that, if they if they are feeling tired and needed a, a different kind of meal. And also I want to encourage people to support the businesses that they that they love and they don't want to see them uh, gone when all of this happens. So I think it's important to have if you're going to do it, here's how to do it right. Yeah. Speaking of how to do it right, we've been talking a lot about mutual aid and the importance of uh, lending support to your community. There's a lot of people who are are very rightfully doing things like uh, trying to provide food for 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 houseless folks, um, trying to provide aid to like maybe sick people in their neighborhoods who mm-hmm. can't go and do errands. Um, that's all really valuable. Um, we've also talked a bit about how you have to be very careful about sanitization and and not spreading anything when you're doing these kind of crucial tasks. I wonder if you can give people who might be engaging in that sort of stuff some advice on how they can be as safe as possible while still, you know, helping their neighbors get their their shit from the pharmacy or whatever, or or you know, yeah. trying to make sure that food is handed out to like obviously you're not putting food directly into the hands of homeless people. You're putting it in like a bag and you're setting it. Right. Right. Yeah. But, right. but there's I, 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 a general bit on like, here's how to be as safe as possible when doing that would be really helpful, I think. Yeah. And it's a good idea to go over it too. Cause if for no other reason, I think this whole experience is for doctors and I think for everyone is you just feel helpless and anything yes. we can do to sort of empower ourselves, I think is a good thing. And our staying in, are taking care of each other when we can. I think that really is empowering. So the same sort of thing applies. Um, if you're going to deliver food, uh, say, or groceries to uh, somebody who, who needs it, you, you do the same sort of concept. Try to minimize what you touch. Use gloves if you can. Leave it on their doorstep. You don't need to hand it to them. They can take it into their house, and they can take care of it the same way we talked about, which is to have a dirty space and a clean space. And you, you don't let the two touch. You never, you never let those two overlap. There, there's sort of two different schools of thought here. You know, um, when we look at internationally what people have done, for some reason in Singapore, they were able to get by without the same sort of level of you know, sterility that they really need in Sardinia. So in, in Sardinia, like what they're doing is much more aggressive they have sort of uh, an outdoor space where they decontaminate themselves before they go inside. And this is, I think, the general thing that everyone should do. So when you come home, try not to touch anything if you can. You know, leave your bag, your purse, your wallet, whatever you, you brought in with you. Leave it at the entry of your home if you can. If you can't leave it in your, at the entry of the home, try and bring it inside to a small area that stays dirty. And you can leave that place for a little bit. Do the first things you do, wash your phone, wash your glasses, Robert. Uh, and Katie, you know, things are collecting. We are thinking more that this stuff is getting in through the eyes more. Oh, sorry, Cody has glasses too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, okay, right. so, so now, I'm washing my glasses. Kava, Good, no, I was no on board with a lot of this, but you're telling me that I can't rub my eyes on airplane chairs anymore. I I, I can't I can't like get up to the <laughs> counter in Starbucks and just really get my eye up in that. Uh, on that counter, like that's no, no. I get why you want to. Trust me, I totally yeah. understand the urge to do that. What is I just America? Rub my eyeballs that. on people, just strangers. <laughs> I want to do that, but yeah. uh, it's not a good idea. Yeah, it's not a not a good idea. So, and then, oh, by the way, take your shoes off. I don't know. That's a Persian thing. So we've always been doing that, but I don't know if you guys are take your shoes off when you, you get home. Robert, I know you like to run without shoes, and you like to do this barefoot running. I don't. Uh, I suppose if you're out in the 
the woods or whatever, that's okay. But if you're like walking on street corners, it may not be a great idea to track in stuff is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have my I have my shoes that I wear into the shower and then take <laughs> off. Shower shoes. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like water shoes. I'm being careful. That's good. I, I keep them so, outside and then I shower them. So so if someone is bringing in stuff, say like bags, you know, clean those bags, whatever you have to keep. So say if it's food that comes in packaging, if that's packaging that does, isn't porous and allow in laying through to the food, then you can clean that with whatever household cleaning items you need to. Clean that off if it comes covered. If it's fruit, if it's vegetables, try and wash them in soapy water. Keep them clean that way. Um, and try not to bring in as much as you can. I mean, none of this is com- can completely eliminate risk, but it'll help sort of mitigate it. Yeah, I mean, our, our goal isn't like, I mean, completely eliminating risk is n- never possible. Our goal is to like minimize the number of people who get sick at once, you know, that like, it, and yeah, it seems like yeah. that's, yeah, achievable at this point. Like, we understand we're not confronting this the way they were in 1918, where people also didn't have a great understanding of how disease worked compared to now. Like, we we should be able to, I mean, the, the fact that Germany and, and, and Singapore um, have gotten the kind of handle on what they have shows that, like, this is manageable without the complete destruction of society. Right. Yeah. You know what the destruction of society will see? the end of oh what what is that cody the wonderful products and services that we're about to offer our listeners and that is why we must keep society we protected must at going. all costs exactly for the products and the services no other reason no just the products and services mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank thank you cody for really knowing what's important in these trying times you know what <laughs> you're welcome I want everyone, as you listen to these products and services, to think, how many grandmas would you sacrifice for these? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You Glenn Beck right now? (laughs) Products! Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. All right, we are back from those products and services, which, as I stated before, are definitely worth the lives of upwards of 2% of the country, Uh, which is probably what we should have a little talk about right now. The fact that really quickly, and I am am impressed with, if nothing, their messaging discipline, a lot of the American right has gotten on board with just like, yeah, fuck it, 2% of the country's got to (laughs) go. We got to save the Dow. Um, Kava, how do you feel do about you feel? <laughs> killing two percent of the country? Agree or disagree? I'm, I'm, this might surprise you, but I am against it, and I it oh. is the craziest fucking. Well, we don't thing. want to get political here. <laughs> no, I, I get a lot. I get a lot of crap for being political because people will be like, "You're a medical show. Why are you being political?" But I don't mean to be. In fact, I was really apolitical like three or four years ago, but it's impossible to separate anything, particularly medicine. And I'm sorry. Yeah, they're really forcing your hand here, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not it's not something I want to do. It's not necessarily my wheelhouse, but it's impossible to separate now. It's like this thing with like this now Republican talking point, which I just can't believe they're saying out loud about letting like Mm -hmm. uh, old people die. It there's so many aspects of it I don't like, but the one thing that I'm stuck on that I can't get past is how people just assume that if an old, like say an old gentleman or old, old grandma gets it, they feel like they're just going to quietly slip off into the ocean and drift away and that'll be it. That's that's not how it's going to be. They're going to get sick. They're going to give it to other people in their care homes. They're going to give it to their caretakers. They're going to mm-hmm. go to a hospital. They're going to take up a bed, take up tons of resources, expose doctors, expose other people, and this thing is going to perpetuate because of it. It doesn't yeah. make it, that, that it, people just don't understand how it's going to work. These people aren't going to get it and just be like, "Oh, I got it. It was my time. My number's up. I'm out of here. See you guys." That's it not does, that's not how it's going to be. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, and they know it doesn't make sense. It's just at the end of the day, they don't care. What's more important? There's just that like survival of the fittest. This is nature, except that we live in a time where we don't have to look at it that way. And uh, and also, fuck the economy. I mean, not fuck the economy, but we're going <laughs> to bounce back. But, uh, you know, like, why are why is money more important than lives, you know? Um, yeah. We're all on the same page. But, like, what you were saying about taking up beds, like, there's people that are getting – have other things that have happened. Need an emergency appendectomy or have cancer and – now it's not safe for them to go get their cancer treatments. Exactly. I'm just so frustrated by any time like the survival of the fittest shit comes up because like 
we only have computers because of Steve Wozniak. I could beat the shit out of Steve Wozniak, but I couldn't invent a personal <laughs> right. computer. I could have beat the shit out of Joe. Oh, I could kick Jonas Salk's ass. I could tear that son of a bitch up, but I couldn't make a, a fucking polio vaccine. Like it, well, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, we humans uh, got a whole lot better at everything when we shifted from survival of the fittest to survival of the collaborative. Yeah, and we it, still it, it we seems keep going to back to the first one um, because of the phrase. I guess it's just like a like oh yeah, it's, it's a good phrase. Yeah. yeah, especially if you spend a lot of time at the gym. Um, <clears throat> but I do want it to be on the record that I could I could beat the shit out of Jonas Salk, like just. <clears throat> Destroy him. Noted. Oh, no, in fact, God. big MMA, big MMA guy. That Jonas <laughs> I'm not sure. Little Lily known noted, fact. Robert. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this, none of this should be your concern. Your concern is is saving lives. But I, I am curious for the perspective of a doctor. How do we change the messaging from the economy failing is going to kill more people than this to like? You don't uh, like like the people who are saying that. I think fundamentally misunderstand how bad this is going to get, or they just mm-hmm. don't yeah. care because they're monsters. I think it's about a fifty fifty split. Um, yeah. To the people who think that like you know uh, uh, an economic downturn is worse than this could be, I, I guess can you try to help highlight how bad this is going to be? <laughs> it's it's going to be tremendously bad to use. Trump's. I, I'm told that he listens to this show, so I'll speak. <laughs> yeah, he's a big he's fan, a big supporter of the show. Hey, buddy, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> it's gonna be so bad. This is um, doctors don't get scared that much. I mean, doctors are scared. We've seen mm. the numbers. You know, Mark Lipsitch, that epidemiologist from Harvard. I mean, he's been saying this for like a month, over a month, and everything he said's come true. Forty to seventy percent were his calculations of the world's population that's going to get this. That's tremendous numbers. I mean, even if Staggering. the death rate is low, even if it's lower than it currently is now and it turns out to be lower, which it probably will, you know, that's millions. It, it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. You're going to know somebody. You may not die from it, but you may know somebody that will die from it. And it's not just the old people. It's young people. Right. You know, they talk about 80% of people will have mild symptoms. You know how they, you know, they attribute mild is basically if you don't need oxygen. So as sick up to the point of needing oxygen is considered mild. So you can have pneumonia. You can be sick as a dog. And you, and you can have permanent lung damage from this. And we're seeing young people in New York, 53% of the people are 18 to 49 years old. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Well, um, it, it also strikes me that there will be, because this is so politicized, a concerted attempt to downplay where the deaths come from. Because once the systems are fully, like they're starting to get overwhelmed in like places like New York, but once they are fully, once this hits, the number of people who die from minor car accidents, who die because they they fall and hit their head, who have like a heart attack, um, like that is going to skyrocket because number absolutely. one, there will be less resource. And, and those deaths won't get attributed to this, but they will absolutely be yeah. COVID-19 deaths. Um, absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. And all the cases that we're putting aside for right now that we have to postpone, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's going to catch up to us. There's surgical cases. There's cancers that might be missed. My there's friend, had, both of her now. parents have cancer. Both of her parents have cancer and they can't have their treatments that they need right now. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And there's also, yeah, I, I mean, it's just such a fucking, I, I, I'm really worried also about the risk of like people who die who have actually have COVID-19 but die from like a secondary 
mm-hmm. uh, sort of infection or something of that getting like I, 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 I my, my concern in general is that action. I already feel like actions have been taken to reduce the number of deaths reported by the CDC, which is why the Johns Hopkins monitoring is is consistently showing more infections and more deaths than the CDC's is. Um, I'm very concerned that there will be. Uh, to the greatest extent possible, an attempt to cover up the death toll of this by the government. And I I, I, I guess I'm curious as to how you feel about that. You know, uh, I can't, I don't know. I'd like to, I'm not skeptical enough yet to think that they would do that, but I, I, I certainly don't see the logic behind trying to open things up before the medical profession and scientists say it's safe particularly because we have evidence that it works. So far, here in San Francisco, it looks like it's working. We'll know in a couple of weeks. In one to two weeks, that's when we think that real big wave is going to hit. And if we can show that we have flattened the curve by these aggressive social isolation measures, by the things that we're doing, by the things our governor has done, then I think that should be a template for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm hopeful that it is. It's still going to get bad. And I think the next two weeks are going to be pretty horrific. Um, but I, I am still hopeful that we started this early enough that where we can show it makes a big difference. And you're exactly right. There's so many variables that are going into how people are going to respond from this and how, how what other ripples there's going to be throughout medicine and the medical world because of this and how many people are missing their surgeries, getting things postponed, delayed, other things that would just never be able to fully get into account. And I, I'm curious, Kenna, how do you personally rate the governor of California, Gavin Newsom's mm. response to the epidemic, yeah, um, both in just its objective terms and kind of how it compares to what's being done elsewhere in the country. Uh, I was really happy when he shut things down. Yeah. I think that was the right step. Um, I like that he seems to be reasonable about uh, waiting to see when when we can open things mm-hmm. up again. He's not making promises on that. And the other thing he said that was, I thought, also pretty smart was he said, you know, this may not work for everybody. If you live in, you know, somewhere in Montana where you're already sort of socially isolated, and there mm-hmm. you may not need the exact measures we've done here. Maybe different states do different things. I will say this, though. It, I think to some degree he has to play it smart, and he knows he has to sort of – he can't ruffle Trump's peacock feathers too much. He has to sort of placate him a little bit, um, and that is really frustrating to me. My fear is that um, – even if we do everything right here, you know, if we don't have the same thing happening or something similar to it happening in other states, those other states will keep coming here. We'll have sent right. people out there. They'll come back. And if we can't get this thing, you know, working in the rest of the country, it won't work anywhere. Right. And it's I don't so know daunting. how to get around that. Yeah. 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 And one of the things that strikes me, there's been that, um, that note going around where it was, and I forget who, which or international organization it was, but they estimated, you know, the worst case scenario if no actions were taken to stop the spread of the virus in the U.S. was somewhere between two and three million dead, um, yeah. if like nothing was done. And that was one of those things where when it first came out, people were like, oh my God, two million people are going to die. And and a lot of us came out and were like, whoa, 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 no, that's just if no action's taken. Of course, like no action, like people, like actions will be taken. This is like literally the worst case scenario. But yeah. now that we're having the president talking about opening the country back up for Easter and getting people, like 
it's for strict, symbolic reasons. For strictly it strikes symbolic me, reasons. yeah, that there is a worst case scenario than not doing anything, and it is it is yeah. that. <laughs> uh, um, I, I don't. And where did Easter come from? Like, why is that? Like, a, why was Easter picked well, as a random day? Like, what? There's no like, there's because, no thought or logic or science or anything. I'm not even like a heavy science nerd. But, yeah, I mean, give me some reason. It's reality it's because show. He's a president. religious he's... man. <laughs> he has to observe Easter, and people want to go to church good, service. I believe there's there was a like he thought it would be nice, values. right? It would be nice. He's like, I yeah. thought it would be we're nice. We're hardy if and we're robust. It was around that time for everybody to get back. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful date or something. He said, "I don't, I don't know." Yeah, what yeah, yeah. Is. It's all it's all symbolic for him. It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I'm like. We're in this uh, we're in this situation where, and this is very really frustrating to me, where the, the need for direct action by activists I, I I think has never been higher higher, including potentially the need for something. I not even just potentially like I think there's absolutely the need for a general strike, um, if but particularly if the government completely fails to take any action to keep people in their homes. Uh, to meaningfully deal with the economic costs, like there, there is a need for activism right now. Shit's fucked up in a way it's never been before, and it's been real fucked up forever. Um, I, I guess I'm curious as that becomes n- more necessary. Um, are there ways for people to take action that may take them out of their homes without, or at least while minimizing the risk of the spread of this? Like, it, it, is that even a possible thing if it becomes necessary to? occupy spaces or whatever like what steps could people potentially take to minimize the risk oh wow it's a good question i mean <laughs> yeah. we're all like we're all sort of trying to innovate things now right where jobs are going to have to be innovated people are learning that they can work from home things we're learning we can do online i assume it'll be the same sort of situation for this if people have things mm-hmm. to do i'm sure we'll find ways to to do that online I mean, I'm I'm not much of a political activist. I mean, I, I believe in a lot of these same causes, but I I mm-hmm. I have to tell you, in this day and age, I think um, I I agree. I do think it's important that people are able to speak their minds about what's happening because there's a lot of things that could be taken out of our power in, in situations of crisis like this. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do is to avoid any real big crisis, which we can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. we can absolutely do if we make the right steps now and we do the right things now. Um, that's what worries me the most. And, and I think that if my recommendation first thing would to be to listen to doctors, that would be the most. That would be the first <laughs> thing I would say is don't listen to Trump necessarily. Let's see what your local governors say. Listen to what the medical professionals say. Listen to what Anthony Fauci says. Yeah. I think Anthony Fauci is a sharp guy. Uh, hear what they say and then make decisions on what we do after that. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take one more quick break and then we're going to come back and I definitely have a couple more questions I want to ask so we can all look forward to that. Welcome to the worst year ever We'll get through it together or not With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And we are back as promised. Hi. Hi. Um, all right. I have a couple more uh, not silly questions that I'm sure a lot of people uh, share my confusion with. Talk to me about bandanas. Is that doing anything? <laughs> no, probably not. I mean, no, is it better not. than nothing? So I am uh, – actually, I just got an email um, from someone – uh, a listener for the our show asking about using homemade bras and retrofitting <laughs> them to become masks because that's something they read online. So there are people being very creative, and there are some actually some really creative things that are happening now. Like, um, you know, the the fa- the manufacturers of those hockey shields, hockey masks, mm-hmm. are trying to find ways to use those. You know, the hospital that I work for is doing a great job trying to like work with Bay Area tech companies to to retrofit things and change things, working with 3M, all that. And it's great. Um, but the bandana probably is, isn't of that much use. I mean, if you're out and about and it's better than nothing, I, I think. But if you're in a situation where you're a medical professional um, mm-hmm. and you're trying to protect yourself from droplets or aerosolized problems, I don't think a bandana is going to do much good for you. And then where did you land on the uh, repurposed bras? <laughs> <laughs> I said I would like to see it because I think it'd be fun, but I don't recommend. I don't think it's a great idea. So yeah. for those of us who are like walking our dogs, do you recommend us to wear like some sort of bandana or walk around like with our shirts covered over our nose? Like, do you think that's like worth it for something uh, like no, that? I, probably not. Okay. I mean, I think I think you're staying six feet away from people. You're probably okay. Yeah. I mean, if if you're, it's funny. It's like it's in San Francisco. You're right. There's still people walking. There's a bunch of people yeah. walking. And you'll be walking on the streets, and it's like everyone's playing this little game of Frogger or something in their mind where they're, like, <laughs> trying to calculate, I'm going to turn at this block if that person turns here, and I'm going to slow down my rate so that person crosses ahead of me. I think if people keep doing that and we limit those interactions going out as, you know, limited a little bit, then I think we, you should be okay. That's probably the best thing. Yeah. And then one other thing that I, I was wondering, uh, before we come back to the hard-hitting questions, uh, let's say <laughs> produce. How hard, yeah. how we we wash produce? Could you use if you don't have and our a dogs. produce wash per se? Oh yeah, I um, have I have that question too, Cody. Yeah, great. Well, first right. produce, uh, you know, just regular soap. That's cool. Yeah, I have I have dumb questions like that too. 
can we can we just do like a well not dumb but dumb can we just do like a quick a quick speed round so let's yes and if i and if there's no great answer i'll i'll let you know okay let's start with katie's produce oh <laughs> uh, you know wash it in i recommend washing it in soapy water and great. and i think that's probably good enough i would try and cook it i mean i i don't know about at this point if you can cook it great if you have I'm produce not cooking that you my grapes. Buy, what's that I said, I'm not cooking my grapes. <laughs> <laughs> you should peel each one, though. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, sure. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, uh, I think if you're washing it well, it's it's minimal risk. I, I think you should be okay. Anything that you can keep in mind, we don't think this thing lives on surfaces for more than, say, um, 72 hours for most surfaces. Yeah. Um, so if you have something that's non-perishable that you can leave out in some place that mm-hmm. you have designated for that for 72 hours, you're in good shape uh, right. and you should be okay. Still wash it, that's do great. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, something to keep in mind, cooking is probably good. We don't know for sure with this particular coronavirus, but other coronaviruses, we have seen that freezing things doesn't sterilize them. Great. So don't, don't, don't assume that putting something in the freezer is going to sterilize it. Super helpful. Cody, you want to ask about dogs? Dogs, wash dogs. Should should we should so frequently I, wash I, dogs? So I read an article. <laughs> I read an article yeah. that said that the, the, these three things that I was like, okay, like I know that I go over the top and I'm por- paranoid. So like maybe I do this. But number one, it said to use waterless shampoo on them every day. Two, give them a bath once a week. And three, if you get it and are quarantining at home. Uh, your dog has to pee and poo inside and you shouldn't take them out if you live in an apartment. Uh, thoughts? That's probably, that's, that's to the best of our knowledge, uh, a good advice. It doesn't seem like they get it. It doesn't seem like they get it like we do because this coronavirus is in animals and, and, hum- and, and humans, you know, um, like uh, MERS and SARS, those, mm-hmm. the, this is family. They, they can't exist in animals, but it doesn't look like that. Um, but you know, your dog's walking out on the street the same way I would say to walk, take off your shoes. You should try and clean their paws when they come in. Uh, outside of that, it's hard to know. I certainly wouldn't let people pet your dog at this point. No one should be even coming close enough, some stranger to pet your dog. Mm-hmm. I think washing them once a week, I'm not, I don't have a dog. I'll be honest, I'm a cat guy, so I don't know how difficult that is. It sounds like a lot of work, but I would. I think it's a we good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Bond. Uh, this is. This is not. I mean, I'm all about water conservation in California, but now is not the time for me to worry about that. We've also had some heavy storms. Coincided with this dismal plague was uh, uh, <laughs> ten days of nonstop rain for Southern California. Everyone's losing their damn minds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I've got one more question that maybe you could speak to. Uh, Sophie, you brought this up on our call yesterday. Uh, can you speak to the reports of how it, the death rates are higher amongst men, male patients? Yeah. Is that true? Uh, it seems that way. In China in particular, that's where those numbers came from. We'll see if yeah. it still pans out this way here. But in China, it seemed that way. And the thought was that it's probably because men smoke there much more that's than women. That's what I was wondering. Um, so would so you recommend the, people that smoke or smoke <laughs> marijuana and stuff like that to be curbing that habit now during this time? Uh, it's hard because a lot of us, pointing to myself, uh, enjoy marijuana as a way to de-stress. But yeah, <laughs> sure. 
I, I know sure. that like my Charlestons are uh, are the doctor recommended brand of cigarette, but should I be switching? <laughs> yeah, Charlestons. Nine out of ten doctors agree. No, I I certainly you're never gonna get me to say smoking is a good idea. Uh, <laughs> you're never gonna Sorry, hear that me say doctor to, didn't want to support smoking. Wild. I'm not a big fan of smoking. Um, I have nothing particular against marijuana. Um, particularly for some patients, it's useful. Some patients, it's it causes problems. It's not a completely benign yeah. thing, but for most people, it's a pretty. I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, in this situation, I would try and avoid anything that you're inhaling into your lungs that could be causing irritation. I think that's mm-hmm. a safe thing to do. We don't know yet is really the answer, but yeah. I mean, just being logical about it, I would say try to avoid that. No vaping. Um, yeah. I got other issues with vaping and the the vaping industry that uh, we sort of went into a lot of detail with on, on one of our episodes. So I don't love vaping for a lot of different reasons, but mm-hmm. um, in in general, um, I would try and avoid anything that could be a, an irritant to your lungs. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I mean, well. in moderation. We're, I mean, things in moderation. You know, I'll tell you this: I certainly haven't seen any evidence as of yet that says like marijuana smokers are at much higher risk. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they even looked at that. I don't know how common right. it was in the patients they saw mm-hmm. in China. So. It kind of seems like something. Sounds, yeah, sounds like a green light China. to me. <laughs> it seems like something that we will learn uh, in a few months. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can go without it, that's great. If you can minimize it, that's okay. Yeah. Fine. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so when you do get things in the mail or you get takeout and things like that that are, you know, plastic and or if you get, you know, uh, you order a shirt or something online, what do you advise us to use to sanitize those items? You know, if you get something in the mail uh, or you get takeout, like what do you, to wipe the packaging of that stuff, what do you suggest us to use? Because I know that for a lot of people, they don't have, uh, they don't have Clorox wipes, they don't have Lysol because they're just non-existent right now. Yeah, it's a good question. So if you, if you have, bleach to cover your surfaces with if you have lysol that sort of stuff it's great actually uh, as uh, i'm not sure if this is going to stay in or not but if you take a look at the cdc guidelines um they have a covid page it's actually pretty useful Mm -hmm. and aside from any criticisms about how they rolled out the test they actually do a pretty good job of sort of giving you options including some that you can make on your own um and that is important to follow sort of the guidelines on that because people, I don't want people going out there and putting together chemicals on their own, getting sure. other weird lung injuries right. and then going to the hospital and taking up a bed that could be used for a COVID patient. Totally. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I'm, I'm sure you're very busy right now and uh, a million things you can be doing, uh, but this has been hugely informative and uh, I'm excited to to share some of what we've learned today with with my friends. Hopefully, calm them oh, down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Again, I think the the main thing is that uh, I I know it's easy to feel helpless in a time like this. It's really scary. It's scary for doctors too, like I said in the beginning. But there are things that we can do to sort of empower ourselves. And you know, in a weird way, social isolation is a, is a huge one. Uh, and uh, being sort of aggressive about how you maintain um, Mm -hmm. hygiene. I think these are things we can do to empower ourselves right now. We should, every little bit of thing we can do, we should. Yeah. Thank you. I I understand what you're saying. And I I agree with it, that like the most empowering and effective thing we can do now is to hunker the hell down. It's, 
with everything, it's so frustrating that that's the answer because there's so much. Like if you look at like the the aid bill that's being pushed right now, and it's it's like this is there there's so much that needs to be done that involves human beings getting out into the world, and we just like we can't right now, and it's um it's it's deeply upsetting. Um, like the I the one of the few things. I don't know. Like uh, right now in Oregon, we're dealing with the situation where the governor has ordered homeless people as well to shelter in place, um, which I don't know how they're supposed to do that or how they're supposed to like feed oh, yeah. themselves and stuff. Oh, um, it's this. Yeah, that particular that one particular thing really drives me crazy here in San Francisco. There's I live in a neighborhood where like across the street from me is like you know. Uh, four million dollar homes and the people that are in them live in them maybe like three weeks a year like they come in from like chicago wherever they or wherever place they come from and they they it drives me crazy the amount of empty spaces here i don't know what to do about that i mean i don't know in new york it's 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 so much worse i don't know can trump offer up some rooms in his hotel for people to stay, for medical professionals who don't want to go home and bring their germs home with them, can they do something like that? Those are that's a lot of good questions. Um, I would love to see something like that happen. I'd love to see all this unused space be used, either for homeless or the medical profession. Yeah, and you know that one of the few examples of what I would say is like responsible on the ground activism I can point to right now is some of those groups in Los Angeles who have been opening up state-owned homes so that they can get homeless people off the streets because there's nowhere that makes it easier to spread disease than like being yeah. out on the damn street. Yeah. Um and I'm not going to get you ask you to advocate for for breaking the law. Um <laughs> but it it does seem like one of the things that's really frustrating about this aid package they've passed which is about 2 trillion dollars um is I think the estimated cost is about $20 billion to home all of the homeless people in the United States. And I don't think any, I've, I've seen no evidence of action being taken on that front. And like, I, I, and I didn't even think about what you brought up is that like, we have all these open hotels right now that are empty and we have medical professionals who don't want to have to go home and expose their family to what they get on them. Like there's so many, yeah, it, it, shit's fucked up. I, I don't know. I don't have anything productive <laughs> to add to that at this point. Um, some something should be done, and it's difficult to see how we can take action right now to to do that at this moment where we have to be hunkered down. Um, but at the very least, people should be making lists in their heads of the things that need to be fixed for the next time we go through a wave like this, so that we're not dealing with these questions, so that doctors have a safe place they can go to not infect their families, so that homeless people aren't out on the streets starving to death or spreading illness, you know? Yeah. And that, and it will happen again. It, it might even happen again with coronavirus. It yeah. might become like an endemic problem where there's like, there's like flu, cold and Corona season. So yeah. I mean, it's something we have to consider for the future. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, do you want to, do you want to plug, plug some pluggables first? You want to plug your oh, podcast? If you have Twitter, I want to, I want to yeah. plug things so hard. Um, I uh, we have a Twitter account and it's at the uh, at the House of Pod. Um, please uh, follow us there. That goes for you too, Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got and, it. You got uh, it. You got it. And we have <laughs> we have a uh, podcast like I mentioned called the House of Pod, 
I think if you um, if you're a fan of this show and you're a fan of Behind the Bastards, I think you'll probably like it. Um, we cover a lot of bastards in medicine, like you sure uh, do. Robert does. We're a lot of bastards in medicine, unfortunately. Um, and you can find us pretty much everywhere you find podcasts: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever the cool kids are getting it. And uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Worst Year Pod. You can follow Katie Stoll at Katie Stoll. You can follow mm-hmm. Cody at Doctor Mister Cody on Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter. You can follow Robert only on Twitter at I Write Okay. Uh, did I do it? You did it. Uh, Katie got kicked off uh, three times because her internet sucks, and she wanted to say thank you so much for for joining. Yeah, you- it's weird. It's Very almost cool. like the internet has never been this loaded down with human beings at any point in the history of the internet. <laughs> weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really do love the show, and it's really nice to be on. Oh, thank, thank you, you for, so for talking so to us, and thank yeah. you for yeah. all the important work you're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank well, you for I mean, being a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My br- yeah, I say that to my brother every time I talk to him, and he thinks I'm being snarky, but I actually do mean it. <laughs> it, it, it does. It does sound a little snarky, but I, I, I know your heart's it. in the right place. I know your heart's <laughs> in the right place. Wish, wish him luck Thank you. for me. I will. Uh, thanks, guys. Cody, I'd love to get you on the show sometime too. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Robert, you're going to have to come back at some point. Absolutely. I mean, I can't get to San Francisco, but we can do this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll be doing this for a long time. Yeah. I know. We're we're going to have to figure out. We're not as tech savvy, but we're working on it. We're figuring it out. Well, guys, that's going to be the uh, the episode for us. And Kava had to leave uh, before we could get him on this. But uh, I, I will ask him later if you should be drinking and pouring bleach up your butts to prevent the coronavirus. Don't worry. We will get that crucial information mm-hmm. to you. Um, but I hear a lot of good things about drinking deadly quantities of bleach. Uh, a lot of great people are saying it helps. Um, so Not a lot of Cody, people are saying it hurts. So Yeah, nobody. Yeah. Nobody nobody who has drank a fatal quantity of bleach has, has later uh stated their regret for yeah, that. So, utter silence you know, from these people. Total silence, which is a positive thing, I assume. Yeah, it tells me that it's fine. Tells me that it's fine. Well, Cody and Katie, who has been knocked off the <laughs> internet, that's gonna do it for us this week. We'll be back next week as the number of infected probably will double to more than a hundred thousand. I'm gonna or guess. plummet. Or plummet, Robert. Yeah? One of the two. Yeah. Everything's so dumb. Everything's so dumb, and it's gonna get dumber. Great. I tried. Yes. Daniel. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.